many believe that he's still alive? Amen. Still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Amen. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, musicians. God richly bless you. Good atmosphere this evening. And we are happy to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? I greet you and uh, I wish you happy New Year, 2023. Yes, the, the years are going so fast, and I send to my family one this New Year, I send Happy New Year to 2022. And then they say, You are not updated yet, it's 23. I say, Oh, yeah. So they go so fast, but we thank God that we are still moving with Him and uh, just trusting in His Word and Trusting in Him. Amen? Amen. I'm so privileged to be living in this last age. Just the last bride that will go in the rapture. Amen? So uh, we're so privileged to be. And just want to say, God bless you richly. And uh, it's a privilege to be living and sharing this uh, family of God in this last age. Amen? God God bless you richly. And... uh, be with you and just pray for one another. Pray for our pastor, brother Ed, and pray for one another. Amen. Amen. The prophet says, pray for you. Pastor, as a pastor prays for you. Amen. And uh, welcome, brother Zoe and sister Ruth. Que Dieu vous bénisse richement. Vous n'êtes pas le seul à parler le français. Je parle aussi le français. Donc, c'est une joie d'être avec vous. Que Dieu vous bénisse richement. Là où votre pied a touché, Dieu vous l'accorde. C'est votre possession. Amen. Euh, le frère, je vais continuer à apprendre le français petit à petit. <rire> le français, c'est... on croit que c'est la langue de l'autre côté. Je vais juste dire au frère que je crois encore que les langues vont parler sur l'autre côté. Je vais encore vous little by little. <rire> so. I'm patient. <laughs> James 4, 6, 8. the subject of thinking up, but uh, just felt to go a little bit this way as a small thought for this new year. The, pro- the Bible says, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, ye double-minded. Now we go to Psalm 69, 30, 33.
Bible says, I will praise the name of God with a song, and we magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that have horns and hoofs. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. For the Lord heareth the poor and despiseth not his prisoners. May God bless his word, and I just want to have a word of prayer to the author of the word. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. Father, always look at the love of God in our lives to see that God's love is elective. It's always, Father, that our focus to remind that ourselves of that, that your love is based on election, Father. We did not choose you, you chose us, Father, before the foundation of the world. That's why, Father, we cannot have a high opinion of ourselves in the flesh. We have no ability, no capability of our own. We just depend completely on you, Father. As it has been sung earlier, Lord, our hope is in the Lord. Father, we just want to trust in you more and more and depend on you, O Lord. In this journey, Lord, we just rely on your grace, your mercy. Father, we have, as human beings, the ability to open this sacred book. Father, Lord, we have read the words within it. But, Father, Lord, the same inspiration, the whole same Holy Ghost who wrote the Word of God, the same Holy Ghost who gave the interpretation, the true and interpretation to the prophet. Father, we want the same Holy Ghost to come and speak to our heart, Father, this evening, according to our needs, Father, that will help us to get closer to you, to help us in our journey, Father. If there is anything, Father, that you see that does not fit, Father, we want to align ourselves with the voice and say, God, Lord, here we are. We want to walk with you. Father, there are certainly among us many needs. You know them, Father. We just want to commit them to you, and we place them, Father, at the table. Lord, may you come and meet each need because you are still the omnipotent. We sang earlier, Father, you are alive, and you know each need. Father, may you come and, oh God, and let the Holy Spirit move. Let the Holy Spirit touch our heart, Father. If a meeting is only among men, it will be, Father, just a gathering. But when the Holy Spirit comes down, quicken the word in our heart, oh God, that's what makes the difference. Let the voice speak. Let the voice draw us closer to you. We love you, Father, with all our heart. And, Father, the needs that have been mentioned, the family that is bereaved, those who are sick, Father, let their hands go and touch them, Father. Lord, we rely on your grace, and we believe that it's already a finished work. Even, Father, Lord, as the promise of the resurrection is already there, we commit ourselves to you, and the remainder of the service, in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can have your seat. I'd like to read two more scriptures, and... Uh, Ephesians 4, 1 says, Are therefore the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And 2 Timothy 1, 3 says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. I will start this evening with the prayer of the prophet 
Because sometimes it gives, uh, I'll just share this evening, uh, maybe in a light way, um, but uh, just to grasp what the prophet saying. Sometimes I like to hear the prophet prayer, Amen. and sometimes even the message as I read it, I would like to, like to hear sometimes the end of the prayer, the beginning of the prayer and the end of the prayer, to see where the heart of the prophet is and what he wants really to convey, and he prays to God that the, the purpose of the message, why he sent that, why he spoke that message, why he had that burden, and he shared that in his prayer most of the time. And he says this in this, in this message, he says, Forgive us of our sin, just in us, Lord, with thy spirit and thy word, that we might discipline ourselves to obedient servants, obedient servants in the will of God. Let us remember and try to think in our heart what the early Christians done. What type of people would we meet when we meet those who had personally been in contact with you? How their faces might have lit that with faith and joy. How their lives might have been the living word of God, just written epistles read of all men. As they walked in and among people, God granted once more. It is in the message, a prisoner. But that I just want to see how he says, just in us, Lord, with thy spirit and thy word, that we might discipline ourselves to be obedient servants, obedient servants in the will of God. And that I think that's still our prayer, and that's still the purpose. We want to discipline ourselves to be obedient servants in the will of God. And our work is to learn how we can remain and become more and more obedient servants in the will of God. Amen? The message, as I share with you this evening, is not new, but maybe, I don't know if we have the title. I put the title there, Shackle with Feathers of Divine Love to Cross, to Christ, sorry, to Christ. And the thought is taken from the message, as we can already see, the message of the prophet preached, a prisoner. Prophet prayed that message, a prisoner, and I believe it's a, it's a great message. I have an opportunity to speak about I think I spoke probably earlier on that one time, but just felt to go once again and meet in the beginning of this, of this year with you. The prophet Nietzsche will say, he will say so many things about Paul and that, and I just want to read some of the quote. Could even just play the message of the prophet, but if you allow me just to read some of the quotes with you this evening, is that okay? Amen. Prophet, the Paul knew what it is to be a prisoner. Paul knew what it is the life of a physical prisoner because himself, he had been in prison so many times. Even in some of the, some of the epistles that you'll be writing, you'll be writing in prisons. You know what the prison life, a, prisoner, a prisoner's life is. You know what it takes. He knows what the condition he is in. And the message that the prophet preached, he took one of the scripture and one of the epistles and Philemon says when he was writing that, he was in prison, writing him as a prisoner of Christ, but he was not referring it as a prisoner in the physical term, as he was a prisoner in a prison. Even though he has been a prisoner there so many times, 
but he was looking at it, looking at it as knowing, as we have read in the scriptures so many times, so many places, is referring himself as a prisoner of Christ. We know what a prisoner is. A prisoner does not decide on so many things, right? A prisoner does not choose when it's time to wake up. A prisoner does not choose when it's time to take a bath. A prisoner does not choose when it's time to eat. A prisoner does not choose all those things. Those things are being detected by his master. Those things are being detected that one has control over him. So as Paul is writing that, he knows what the life of a prisoner is. A prisoner has no, has no will of his own, although he has some wills, but those wills are being dependent on something else that, that has control over him. Amen? And we know as a Christians and as human beings, we are free moral agents. We can make our own decisions. We can decide what to do. We can have, and God has given us that privilege. And as a believers and as human beings, each one of us has that same privilege. Adam and Eve had the same privilege. Amen? They had the same privilege, a moral agent, free moral agent. They had, could decide between life and death. And Eve um, wanted to know more. She was deceived, but Adam decided himself. And she was deceived, but Adam decided, and he chose, chose to go the other way of the wife. Amen? And each one of us, they were not in a better position than us. We are in the same position as them, amen? We have also to decide in certain situations that this is what I have to do and this is what I don't have to do. We are free moral agent, amen? And we decide what to do. And, uh, and God put Israel in the same conditions. He put Israel in the conditions where they had to choose between death and life. And Jesus and, and the, Lord, the Lord Jehovah encouraged them to choose life. Choose life. And the same thing for us. It has been given to us that you have. We have given the opportunity of death and life. And choose life. Because we have life. Amen. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ, even himself, had that opportunity. He had to choose. But he made the right decision. And he could say, no, it's not, it's not my will. It's the Father's will. I don't do anything of my own unless the Father tells me. That's where we want to be. We want to come to the point where... We don't want to depend only on our own will, but on the Father's will. Amen. To become the obedient servants in the will of God. Amen. Amen. A prisoner does not decide, as I said, whatever it is. A prisoner is a person captured and kept confined by another one or by set of circumstances. Is a captive of, of someone else. Is someone who's completely depend on, on, on something else. Amen? And we know that in the time that we are living on the age that we are living in, the prophet will call it, and prophet says that it, was, it is the most deceiving age of all ages. Of all the ages of deceit from the Garden of Eden all the way down, there has never been an age so deceptive as this age. In this age where we are living in, there is, a, you know, Prophet will mention false prophets will rise up, show signs and wonders, if possible, to deceive the very elected. So it's age where 
deception has grown, or the enemy has gathered all the different, all, all the different strategies and all, all the different way, way of deceiving, and he knows the human ability, he knows how man operates, he knows how the minds operate, he has been trained for 6,000 years, so he knows us better than ourselves, he knows us from the way we were born and how we were growing up, he knows every situation, is the most deceiving age of all ages. Can we say that it's the most deceiving age, more deceiving than the age of Noah? I say yes, that's what the prophet says, more deceiving than the age of Noah. Say more deceiving, it's similar in some concept, in some way, to the age of Sodom, Noah, but it's, it's more deceiving in all the ages. So in all those ages, even more deceiving than the dark ages, but God will still have overcomers. In all of those ages, I still believe that God will have overcomers because the elect cannot be deceived. The elect cannot be deceived, and God is a way to open up. There's a way that the elect cannot be deceived. Why I'm saying that? Because the elect will come to the point where not depending on himself, he has to depend on something that is greater than himself. We cannot always, we cannot overcome in this age, in the hardest of the age, the point by just relying on our own mind, just relying on our own will, just relying on our own judgment. We have to depend on something that is greater than our own judgment. That's why God has sent his word, that's why God has sent the prophet to give us the mind of Christ, to give us the will of God, amen. Now, let God's grace through the Holy Spirit help us to be bound, to be obedient to the will of God. Amen. Amen. The prophet will say, now, if God took us without the same way that he did, Adam and Eve just pulled us through something and said, I'll save you whether you want saved or not. Then he put Adam and Eve on the wrong basis, you see. But each one of us has to choose this day between death and life. We can do it. And then it says, replace the only thing we have to do to receive is another message. This is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, is to accept it, to believe it, and accept it. But no matter how much that he died for our salvation, we must ourselves accept it as our own personal experience, our own desire. We must want to be saved, believe that upon the basis of his shed blood that we are saved after we have met the requirements of the Bible. And as we look at it, we might sound like it's a little bit contradictory sometimes on how places of the prophet where he says, for example, in message, God keeps his word. He says, you cannot do it unless God chooses you. You have no choice of your own. It says in Romans, uh, Romans 9, or, 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 or the ninth chapter, I think that he said, it's not him that willeth or him that runneth. Whether you want to be saved or whether you don't want to be saved, it's God that showed mercy. Said, I hated his soul and loved Jacob because they was even conceived. They were even before they were conceived in their mother's womb, before they were ever born to make a choice. It's God that does the choosing. I'll say this, those things don't, don't those, two, those two statements don't contradict each other. Actually saying the same thing, but we have to see at which stage we're saying 
The fact that you get a nudge from God is not your own choosing. The fact that you, 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 you hear the call of God is not your own choosing. We didn't have a desire to approach God by our own. It's God who put that inside of us. It's God who put that seed inside of us, and that seed will take a certain time for, for that to be manifested. And when that seed gets manifested, the first proof that God shows you, that seed has to respond to that choosing and say, God, I really accept what you are giving me. I want to surrender myself to what you are giving me. So that's what he's saying is there. As long as, as long as if that seed is really there, it has to respond to the call of God. It has to have that desire to be saved as well. Amen. So believing in election or understanding election does not mean that you do things in your own way. Just the fact that you understand that I'm part of the bride, or I'm part of the church, or I'm part of God, does not mean that you have to do things on your own way. It still means that you have to align yourself with God's will. Amen? In 2 Peter 1.10, as we all know, the scripture says, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. If you do these things, you shall never fail. You know that you have election. You know that you have been called. But give diligence to make your calling and your election sure. Amen. Are you with me this evening? Moses knew that he was. Moses knew that he was called. Moses knew through his mother that the angel already gave that commission. He knew that he was called. He knew that he would be the deliverer. He knew that one was going to be the deliverer. But he had to meet something that will respond to his election. And once he has responded to that thing that has to respond to his election, and he had himself to surrender to God, then God could use him for the thing that he had ordained him for. Amen. We know that we are elected, but we have to come to point to, to learn to surrender more to God in order for God to use us according to the thing that he has ordained us for. Amen. Even though he was an elected subject, God could only use him when Moses was flat on the ground again. The expression of prophet we use in the message, Moses had to be flat on the ground again. As long as we are standing, even though we have the understanding of the election, we have to learn to be flat on the ground again. We had to learn to believe in God, knowing he had to believe, yet, yet, this is, a, this is my comment, this is no prophet. He could believe in God, he could believe in God knowing that his simple stick by itself cannot deliver the people from Pharaoh. Then the prophet says, I, Moses had to come to the point, where the prophet will say this, I only move when the word moves me. I only speak when the word speaks. Moses, even though he was a deliverer, at the beginning, when he killed the Egyptian, he didn't have that revelation where that he had to move only when God moves. Or oh, he had to speak 
only when God speaks. He could still rely on his own ability. He could still rely on his own strength. He could still rely on his own training from the Egyptians, knowing that he was a military soldier. That's why he killed only one Egyptian. That only God, from all his effort, from all his 40 years, that what he could produce, God had to send him in the wilderness to train him to get all those things out in order to show him that it's not according to you even though I called you even though I ordained you but it's not you doing the work it's me doing my work behind you now that the glory is not to you but the glory is to me and me alone God Amen. and each believer I believe has to come to that point of realizing that it's not you Amen. it's not you doing the work as long as it's you doing the work you have to do some of the part of the things and the things or the greatest things we have to learn even this new year we have and keep learning is God I need to surrender myself more I need to yield myself more I need to be obedient to your word more not to rely on my own ability, not to rely on my own judgment. Sometimes even the prophet will use that statement, you have to do things against your own judgment. You reason, you think that it's correct and think, but the word of God, not only the word of God, but is the Holy Spirit leading me to do that thing at the right time or with the right attitude. Then you know when to move. He had to take all out of his excuses. Then he became God's prisoner. It took him 40 years to take out of all those things. I hope it doesn't take us 40 years <laughs> to take some of the things we still hang on to. That was my prayer when I saw that, oh God, help me. I don't want 40 years. I want to be more willing right now, Lord. Joseph had the revelation that he was predestinated to be a ruler over his brothers, but he had to learn to be a prisoner, even by God putting him in a natural prison. The prophet we said his statement, but before his vision could be completely fulfilled, he had to become a prisoner. Amen. And then he became a ruler. Sometimes God has to bring us to a certain position, to a certain situation, like Joseph, sometimes in a prison, sometimes in a situation of a natural prison where you feel like, oh God, why am I in this situation? Why are these things happening? It's not to make us, I'll say God knows everything. Everything works for good, for his glory, amen. Because he called us, once we have that revelation, our attitude should not be complaining. Our attitude should always be praising the Lord because sometimes he has to bring us in those situations in order to make us even spiritual prisoners, in order to learn how to yield more so that we die ourselves to the things that are still hanging on us. Sometimes he has to humble us in a way that we learn to be more obedient to God. And we sh in every trial we go through, we should always ask that, uh, that question, God, what do you want me to learn from what I'm going through? 
Sometimes we go too far and say, God, I want to get out of the water I'm getting. But God, as I'm going through it, what do you want me to learn as I'm going through it? Because I want to learn something from this so that I don't come to repeat the same thing over and over. Because everything has a purpose. Amen. Brother Banam knew his commission to pray for the sick. He knew his commission to reveal the seals, but he had, to, he had to learn to be a prisoner. God told him, be more sincere. Being more sincere is yielding more. He was already sincere. But God told him, you need to be more sincere. You need to yield yourself more. And the prophet will say, the greatest, the secret of my ministry or the secret of the gift that I have is... Uh, um, I've learned to put William Branham aside. I've learned to put myself aside, my own ideas aside. And even if he had to grow to the first pool, the second pool, he had to learn to become more and more obedient, more and more, more and more a prisoner, I would say, more and more a prisoner of God to learn what God wants. In the first pool, in the first pool, in the second pool, it was not Brother Banam, are you afraid that you will make mistakes? No, I'm not afraid because God has taught me how not to rely on my own thinking, but what he reveals to me that what I'm going to say and believe it. The third, all that was preparing him for the third pool where he could come and speak the truth even though it was contrary to the, all the theologians and all they knew, but because he learned to be a prisoner to the word of God and to God, he spoke it faithfully because he was already a prisoner. And even ourselves in our walk, I still believe we need to learn, the, I'll come maybe to that, to the manifestation of the word of God, the manifestation of the third pool. It has to come to the point where we become more prisoner of God. Prophet says, in the same message, if we could only keep that in our mind and according to the word of God that in these last days he's going to have a church, he's going to have a people. And these things that he promised is going to do them. He said he would and we are living in the time we are there. He's just trying to get us to be real prisoners now locked in with him. So that things that we know that have to be fulfilled. And we are part of the bride. Amen. We are part of the bride. Things that have been promised, things that are going to do through them. But he is trying to get us to be real prisoners now. Locked in with him. Locked in with him. Locked in in prayer. Locked in the word of God. Locked in thinking of him. Locked in to have the mind of Christ. That's where he wants us to be more real prisoners. Yeah. I use one, another message, the door of the door. But Jesus comes inside the door of the Christian's heart. But we've got little apartments in our heart that he cannot come in. Or you say, I'm willing for him to be my savior. I don't want to go to hell, but I want to be saved. 
I believe that the bride of Jesus Christ is not only focused, was not only limited to salvation. Because many people will be saved, will not be part of the bride. So the bride of Christ is not only limited to be saved. That's not the only goal. That's not, I'm not coming to church only to be saved. That's not, only the, that's not the finality of everything. But what I've come to church to learn more of God, how to become more a prisoner of God. I come to learn to love God. How can I be? How can, how can I be used for your glory? How can I serve you more? How can I minister to you more? That's my that the desire of the bride. Amen. The bride, you are not in the natural. I don't want to go that, but let's let move. I want to inject the thought of the bride marriage now, but listen to the prophet. But he wants to be more than your savior. He wants to be your Lord. Your Lord is ownership, ruler. That's why, listen to this, that's why the church gets in its lukewarm condition. So as long as you are just at the stage where you don't want to go to hell, and that's what is motivating you to come to church, that is motivating you to, that's what is motivating you to, to read the Bible, that is what is motivating you to pray, Oh, I'm doing those things because I don't want to go to hell. It's good. But it might still bring you in the lukewarm condition. It's not enough. It might still bring you to the lukewarm conditions. <laughs> what they have to bring you to the higher level, it has to be the feathers of divine love that has to bring you to the higher level. Because I love him so much. Because I feel that if I don't do this, I'm not in relationship with the one who saved me. Oh, that's what is motivated. That's what is bringing you to, constraining you to get more and more to God. Amen. So it's accept Christ as a savior, but not as Lord. Christ wants to be the Lord of your being, to rule and to guide you. That's why he knocks at the heart and to come in for that purpose is to be your spiritual guide and to be the ruler of your welfare. But in our heart, we have many little apartments. I wish to speak now on some of these little apartments. One of them is a little closet over on one side that many people who call themselves Christian, yet they will not dare to let Jesus in that little compartment because it is the apartment of selfishness. Now, you notice among so-called Christians, you write selfish motives. It's all right. If it's for me and my denomination, it's all right. If it's my denomination has nothing to do with it, then I don't want anything to do with it. That's a little apartment of selfishness that all Christians ought to open the door and say, Come in, Lord Jesus Christ, and be Lord of my heart. If my church is not part of this missionary work for the lost souls, I'm not part of it. The burden of the lost souls is for every individual Christian. It's not only for one specific group or one specific church. It's for all individual Christians. Or if I don't go, I don't feel blessed. Or this service was not for me. Then that's it. You know, I will stay home and, and just stream from far. 
Those are streaming. God bless you, but I just stream from far. I'm afraid it might be the apartment of selfishness. <laughs> because, I don't want to go there, but. Maybe I should go there. <laughs> Maybe I should go there. You know, one time I was just in church, I was thinking, oh God. Sometimes we say, oh no, I, I, I can get the same benefit streaming from home than, than being in church. Then that thought, that thought came to me, and I said, no. I'm sorry, those who are streaming, if you don't have a real reason to stay home and stream from home, you're not fulfilling God's word. Yes. Streaming is not, is not the perfect will of attending church. I'm sorry you are not having the full benefit of gathering with the church of God. You have to be in church. Whether you feel like that, that service was for you or for another, you have to be in church because you will be a blessing for someone else. We have made the streaming like, like I'm still in service. You are not in service. Those who are in service attend the church. Unless there is a real reason that you can't attend or whatever, you are sick. And then, but if you can attend the church, you have to be in church. That was a personal revelation to me, not because I'm a preacher, but I just say, God, thank you for that. It should not be an excuse for me to stay home. I have to be in church. If I'm not in church, I have missed that church, even though I can stream. It was not in my note, but I felt like We are living in a society where people hate the word submission. Everyone wants to be a boss. Everybody wants his own right. The Bible says, Ephesians 5.21, Submit yourself one to another in the fear of God. Just mention that briefly, but, but you, you, know, you, you understand the concept of it. Submission is very important because it's part, it's part of being a prisoner. A prisoner has to submit himself. We read in James 4, it says, submit to the Lord. And sometimes we just think, I want to submit to the Lord. God, I'm submitting to you. Submitting to the Lord means submitting to his word. And submitting to his word means obeying his word. And obeying his word means you are putting the word of God in practice. And the word of God sometimes requires us to submit it to people as well as part of the submission to God. You have to submit yourself to the authorities. You have to submit yourself to the church. You have to submit yourself to the pastor. The pastor has to submit to the church. And you have to submit one another. The wife has to submit to the husband. And the husband has to submit to the pastor. And to the minister or to the pastor. And he has to submit. The pastor has to submit himself to the word of God. It's part of the submission to God. And the Bible, uh, the Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he shall flee from thee. Sometimes we think, I will resist the devil. I will just resist the devil free from me. But in order to resist the devil, you need to learn to submit to God. That will help you to resist the devil. 
Otherwise, you cannot resist the devil really because you don't know how to submit to God. Because in order to overcome, how can I overcome? Walk in, with humility with the word of God. In the message, how can I overcome? Walk with humility with the word of God. Amen. What is humility? I'm submitting myself to the word of God. A prisoner of Christ. The same message, a prisoner. People won't come to church. They, many of them, just won't do it. And some of them not coming is sincere people. Just struck my heart. Sincere people. Listen to reason. They've seen so much corruption in the church until they don't want to have anything to do with it. Good reasons, good people, so many reasons, betrayed by ministers, betrayed by people in the church, and all different things. But it's not up to you. You are just in a prison. <laughs> if you are really a prisoner, you have to come to church. You have to have your home church. You have to have to come and have your own church. It's part of being a prisoner. And in many times, we are speaking, and it will continue, says, in many times, we are speaking on a flat thought of that. You can hardly blame them. See, because of the way the people act, they call themselves Christians, that the greatest stumbling block that the world has got is the man and woman who professes to be a Christian and lives something different from the profession. So what it is, I want just to put that, as he put that, at borders, you have to live, you have to live, you have to live a Christian life. You have to live, your life has to be the expression of the word of God. Your life has to manifest the word of God because your life is the law, your life, your life is a voice that is louder than your natural voice. Your life is a voice louder than our natural voice. As the proverb says, your light will prove, your life will prove exactly what side you are on. I don't care what side you say you are on. What you do every day proves what you are. You have heard of the old saying, your life is so loud, I can't hear your testimony. Your actions is so loud. I want to skip a few things here. It's going a little bit farther, um, faster than I thought. In the same message, God is looking for prisoners. God is looking for prisoners. He's always done it. You might search it through the scripture. A man has to be a prisoner to Christ against anything. Therefore, you cannot be connected with anything but Christ. Even your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife, anybody. You only connected with Christ and him only. Then God can use you. Until then, he cannot. I will say this. Isn't 
true that sometimes we have the wrong conception that after we've become Christians, everybody will love us. We have peace with everybody. Everybody will understand us. That's not always the case. In order to accomplish that, I will say, sometimes you have to be, in order to accomplish that, you have to be neutral in so many things and liberal in so many things or compromise in so many things. But the word comes to bring, and most of the time it comes to bring division. It comes to bring separation. It comes to bring war. The truth always comes to bring war. It has to bring separation. You have to stand on, when you stand truly on the word of God, it brings separation. Brother Banam, when he got the reveal, the revelation of the word of God, the true revelation of the or the full revelation of the word of God, it caused separation with denominations. We should expect the same thing in our lives, that we have to come to a point, or we have to come to the point where we have to remain prisoner to Christ and to, it will cause divisions even among our families and our friends. Amen. Luke 12, 51, Jesus says, Suppose he that I'm come to give peace on earth, I tell you no, but rather division. The Lord Jesus Christ himself comes and he brings division. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son, the son against the father, the mother against the daughter, and the daughter against the mother. The mother-in-law against the, the daughter-in-law. The daughter-in-law against the, a mother-in-law. But don't look just for divisions. I'm not saying, by saying that means don't look for divisions. Don't look for strife. Don't look just to be different for the sake of being it. Just to give a balance to that. Paul also said that to the Jews I become as a Jew. That I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain that under the law. But it doesn't mean that Paul had to compromise on the word of God. It stayed faithful with the word of God, but his attitude was not judgmental, was not that, but he stayed with the word of God all the time because he had to follow the leadership of the Holy Ghost. I know I won't get to all the points, but the Holy Spirit might just encourage you to go there further in this message. The prophet says, that's the true experience of every believer who meets God. You come in contact with something that's so great that you become a prisoner to everything else. You get away from everything to imprison yourself to this. Was talking about Paul. So the imprisonment starts by meeting with something that is so great that will start taking away everything. It's that something, that's something that I want to encourage every young person, or every person, every Christian, for those who don't have that experience yet on this new year. I want you to meet that something that is so great that will make you a prisoner. 
that will make you that you cannot get away from it. That will make you so miserable when you feel like you are getting away from it. That will make you that you don't have your place where you feel like, I'm not fulfilling, I'm not responding to it. Not by fear, not by, not by, by fear of the hell, not by fear of anything, but that's just something that gives the love inside your heart that's God. I just want to be in relationship with you. I just want to serve you more, Lord. I just want to yield myself in a greater way. That's something that has to be so real in your heart, yet you are thirsting and hungering for more of God for that something. That's what I want for this thing you hear, right? For that something that Paul could meet that, that changes ambitions, that changes desires. That's something that's what I want. Amen. That's what brought the prophets to realize, oh God, I want more of you. It's not about rules. It's not about, oh, you have to live this, you have to live this. God, I just want to meet that something that is so greater that will, sh- that will give me those shackles with fed of divine love that I'm prisoner to Christ. To follow that leadership of the voice of God inside of my heart. I don't want to have the possibility to finish everything, but how many times, Christians, we have lost the leadership of the Holy Ghost? Not that we are born again, but Lord, for every decision that I want to take, I want to hear from you before I move. Before I do anything, I want to hear from you. Maybe many things have, have, have blinded over. The, that, that voice that we start depending more on our own judgment, on our own reasoning, on our, on our own calculation, on different things. But God, I want that leadership that I can feel that it's you leading me in that path. Yeah, that's right. We will make mistakes. We will make mistakes. But when we come to that, the prophet will say, we, when we have that sincerity in our heart to look for the will of God... The will of God. God, I want to know your perfect will. And we have to come to the point where we know how God speaks to you individually. We have to know how God talks to each Christian. God, this is the way you talk to me. This is the way you talk to me. And for this situation, I felt like you talked to me this way. And you follow that leadership of the Holy Ghost because he spoke to you personally. We have come to the point where we, oh, it's just a mental, mental, maybe I'm just talking to myself. It becomes a mental, a mental understanding of things and gathering things, okay, based on this, based on this, based on this, I think it's this. But God, where you want me to go? Where you want me to do? Where you want me to I want to be a prisoner, Lord. Yeah. What strikes my heart is the problem. Sorry. Give me a few minutes to just contain myself here. What struck the prophet is 
What struck me is the prophet is telling the story of, uh, of going to the, when he was hunting, you know the story of the storm? A usual story we listen to. And I was just listening to it and the prophet came and says, as I was going fast as I could, as I was going fast as I could, then I heard a voice speaking to me, go back, go back. Then the prophet says, oh, I thought it was just myself. And he moves on, he moves on. Then it insists, go back, go back. Then he says, I think the first time when he says, go back, he says, no. He can't, can't be going to that death trap again. How can I go back to the trap? It can't be the Lord. Then he keeps moving. Says, no, go back. He says, oh, I knew it's him speaking. Even though in his own mental attitude, he couldn't understand how he could go back in that situation. How could you get out of that situation? But because he knew how God talked to him, he knew that it was him. And he said, oh, I better listen to him. Because in many places, the way he's putting because the way he talks to me, and I've been a Christian for 35 years, I'll put maybe not exactly the same number. So I, I've learned to obey that voice. He came to the point where he was a prisoner to that voice, that he had to go back, even though it was a death trap. Amen. I say, oh God, how many times if it was me in that situation, I would say, no, I cannot go back to that trap. It cannot be God. But even though in that situation, I want to be able to go back because it's God's way at that time to go back. So we see that so many steps that some, we have, sometimes we have missed. As the prophet would say even that. To check it with the word of God. To know if it's the word of God but also to learn to know the voice of God speaking to you individually. And you know that you have to obey that voice to go there. And then when we went there, that's when we had the manifestation of the third pool. I believe that the church has, we have the opening of the word. We have the third pool. Because the third pool is the opening of the word of God. We have the opening of the word. We have the third pool. But the manifestation of the third pool, for her to be manifested, we need more surrendering to God. We need more yielding to God. We need more dying to ourselves so that God can have the preeminence. But says, Paul found out that he was harnessed to something. Like we put a horse in a harness, it's to pull something. Paul knew after this experience and three years and a half of typing, the experience he had with the Bible, he realized that God had chosen him and harnessed him by the Holy Spirit. The experience that he had to pull the gospel in the presence of the Gentiles. The Spirit itself 
harnessed him. That's why we find today that we must be stripped first and people don't want to be stripped. In order to be harnessed, we need to be stripped. And the proverb continued, the same thing that we find today, we did come through denominational age and we proved through the church ages, the Bible and so forth, that we come now to a free age where the spirit himself comes down and vindicates himself and makes himself known makes every promise that he promised come to pass. What a great time. I believe that the Holy Spirit did not come down and vindicate himself only in the ministry of Brother Banam. He wants to vindicate himself in each person. But how does he come to vindicate in each person? How does he come and he vindicates to me, to you, to... How does he come and he becomes a vindication to you? I believe it's by changing our lives. By changing our ambitions. By changing our desires. By changing our motives. By changing our objectives. By changing how we we live. By changing, by bringing us to the level where we can be able to say, God, the fact that I can love even my worst enemy, it's not me, it's you. So this message has vindicated itself to me. It's part of me, it's a reality. Otherwise, we just put it on the other side, but it has become personal life. How I can forgive others. God, it's you, amen. That's the vindication of the message personally to you and to me. Oh, praise be. I don't want to take too much of time. I, th- I believe revelation makes you a prisoner. That's why we need to continue pray for more, pray for, for more revelation. Today, as servant of Christ, we become harnessed, hooked up. We can't go. We are locked in with it, harnessed to the word. Just looking at my wife. If I'm saying that word properly, harnessed. After the service, you say harnessed and everything. So, <laughs> by the French, I go through the same trial. <laughs> he hooked up. We can't go. We are logged in with it. Harnessed to the word. No matter what anyone else says, you are harnessed to it. There is something about it that you just can't get away from it. You've been hooked up with it by the, by the Holy Ghost has yoked you to the word, no matter what anyone else says. It's the word that's always harnessed with it, put in the yoke with it to the word by the Spirit. He was harnessed. So Paul was harnessed, something harnessed to him. What was harnessed to him was the word of God, was the Holy Spirit. I say it was the revelation. Revelation is the one that has to hook you up to God. Because if it's not revelation, someone will come with a better explanation than the explanation that you have. We have been sharing with our brothers this week. There are so many doctrines and different things that are happening. And those doctrines that come, they have explanations. They have quotes. They have Bible scriptures. But 
If there is no revelation, we'll be swaying from one way to the other way. But there has to be something that is still pulling you, even though you don't understand, but it becomes a personal revelation to you. Peter could not understand what Jesus was saying. He could not understand in John 6, he could not understand the statement of Jesus Christ. Other people looked at him and said, that is such a hard saying. But Peter could have said, yes, I don't understand, but for me it's not a hard saying. If he wants to reveal to me, he will reveal to me. But I still believe that he is the Messiah. To whom else could I go? That's why we have to, to whom else could we go? We have the message of the hour. To whom else could we go? It is our life. It is where we are standing. It is where we are built. To whom else can we Whether I understand it, I don't understand it. Whether I explain it, I don't explain it. It's still the one that is pulling me to go further with God. If you are a prisoner to the word, no denomination can sway you from it. And we have to be prisoner not to only one portion of the message, but we have to be prisoner to the whole message. The prophet says he was bound. He was bound by chain, by fetters of love to do the will of God. And that only was a prisoner. He was in, in the fetters of love. He was in the yoke with Christ. He could hook up with nothing else. He was yoked with him. And whether the lead went, that's where he had to go. Regardless of how green the pasture was, here on this side, on that side, he had to go the way the leader and the yoke went. It's like those sheep was, was following the, 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 the shepherd. Then I go to the market. The brother when I'm looking at that shepherd, he says, Oh, there's something that is going to happen here. Those sheep will go in that market and eat the best fruit that they have in the market. But the sheep was, even though it was the fruit that they could eat, and it was nice on the other side, but they were not, full, but not looking for those food that was in the market. Their attention was always on the shepherd. Where is going? That way I'm following. Where is leading? That way I'm going. The bride is still focused upon the word of God, upon the revelation that God has given her, no matter what is on their side. God, I want to stay, to stay with your word. The prophet says, oh, tonight, if we as the Branham Tabernacle could only become prisoners, I would say if he has his end-time message, Tabernacle, if we could only become prisoners of our own selfish being to our own ambitions that we could completely surrender ourselves and be yoked to him, no matter what the rest of the world thinks, what the rest of the world does, we yoked with feathers love, we are prisoners. My feet is so yoked to Christ, I won't dance. My eyes is so yoked to Christ till I, when I see this modern striptease on the street, it turns my head, my heart is so yoked in love to him till I can't have love for this world anymore. My will is so yoked to him till I don't even know now what my ambitions are. Just wherever you lead, I will follow you. The musicians can come. 
That's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 14, 15. For the love of Christ constrained us. The love of Christ constrained us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all that they which should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. I believe demons will be so powerless if we yield ourselves to God more and more. The problem is we are not prisoners enough. But just finish with this quote. That's the way people do when you say, I got started, the devil made me go back. The devil didn't do it. You did it yourself. In the bridge, he says, another thing a seal signifies ownership. We talked about ownership earlier. The seal has a mark on it, shows ownership. When you are bought by the blood of Jesus Christ and sealed by the Holy Ghost, you no longer belong to the world or anything pertaining to the world. You are owned by God. Another thing, a seal is a security. Seal means you are secured. You don't believe in eternal security. I don't know. If you don't, you that don't believe in eternal security, I don't know. But now we, but now, but a seal signifies security to its destination. Woe unto that guy that will try to break that seal. The Holy Spirit seal cannot be broken. You all have heard me say that people say, the devil made me do this. No, no, the devil didn't do it. You wasn't sealed in. Because if you are sealed in, he's sealed out. He said, if you are a prisoner of Christ, you cannot be a prisoner of something else. Because once you are really a prisoner of God, nothing else can take you out. Because you are owed to him, you are pregnant by the word of God, you have the revelation, nothing can take you out. If we learn to surrender ourselves to more to him, then we will be overcomers. Then he continues us. Because when you are sealed in, he's sealed out. Now you went out to see, you went out to him. He couldn't get into you because the only way to get into you is come through the same process that you have. You will have to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Then you will be your brother. See, didn't do it. No, no. You just went to the borderline and come back, lasting for the things of the world. You never went all the way over into Canaan. You see, across Jordan, the death to self. So a person, in order to be really a true prisoner, you have to be sealed in. You have to be sealed. We have to be sealed in. We have to become prisoner of Christ more and more. In the millennium, the devil will be chained by chains of circumstances. Think about it. By chains of circumstances, he will be still free around. He won't have access to this flesh. The only thing that will change will be the, the, the flesh. It won't have the, the flesh and the desires of the flesh that we can, the last of the flesh. But our character will still be, it's the character that we have here that will bring on the other side. It's the Holy Spirit that is leading us, 
that will also prevent us from sinning on the other side. So God, help us to lean more on the leadership of the Holy Ghost, to be sealed in with more of you, Lord. God, help us to shut in with you more and more, to be able to hear your voice speaking to us. As we come in church, as I'm closing, each person has his own needs, each person has his own problems. As you are going through a problem, different person has the way that God speaks to them. I have my way that God speaks to me. And one of the greatest ways the church, I can go through problem with my family or the situation, and I come, the minister can be talking and other things, and he comes and he speaks to just exactly like the way I thought. Oh, that's the way God speaks. Through my life, he's been speaking to me most of the time for situations I bring in prayer through a minister. But you have your own way. God speaks to you in a situation. But just in the context here, um, come to church, different things. But... It's the same statement one a minister can say. That statement can be resolving different problems in different situations. And we have experienced that. Oh God, you spoke to me in that situation. Even though the, the, the ministers was going in that area. But because I surrendered myself and I put that in prayer. They asked the prophet, how would I know the will of God? How would I know the will of God? Prophet says, put it in prayer. The best way to know the will of God is in prayer. As you put that in prayer and you learn to surrender to God, God will find a way to speak to you. <laughs> I'll just stop there. I've already over time. Brother Ray, oh no, brother. Let's put on some of the songs. Draw me near. Draw me near. Draw me
say, God, I want to become more prisoners of yours. Just to walk by faith. Not to my own judgment. Just to walk by faith. Sometimes you pray, he doesn't answer right away. You pray, he doesn't answer right away. Prophet says, don't quit. Sometimes he doesn't answer right away. But he still answers prayers. Just stay prisoner to him. The more I surrender, the more it takes control. The more that I surrender.
still feel that you can pray for us. Father, we just sitting under the sound, it's Brother Moses' voice, but Lord, we felt your voice speaking beneath that, Lord. Father, we felt the Spirit was just calling us to walk a little closer, calling us to yield, calling us to drop off the things that would constitute our own will. And Lord, we that we may too be like Paul, who became a prisoner. Lord, not that we, we do that in a, in a way that we're forced to, but willingly. Father, because you first loved us, therefore we love you. Tonight, Lord, as you just spoke, you minister to us. Lord, we just want to take these things and not just walk out of here as forgetful hearers, but we want to take them and make them a part of the fabric of our life. Lord, we know we're going home soon. And Father, there's a people that are walking, taking your hand day by day. Lord, in the situations of life, just allowing you to speak, allowing you to minister. Lord, you're the fabric of our lives. Tonight, Lord, would you just take these words don't let them return to you void, but oh God, just let them, let them bring forth more of Christ. Oh Lord, it's the greatest joy. When the prophet was coming down that mountain and that voice spoke to him, go back. And as he went back and as he just began to enter into a place, the storm disappeared and those words came and said, why don't you walk with me? And the prophet would say, that would be the greatest pleasure, Lord, just to walk with you. Lord, we want to walk with you. Lord, draw us into that love relationship. Lord, we, we, we know it's going to be you in us, you with us. Lord, you're the, that final capstone, and we just want to find ourselves in tune. Lord, I pray your blessing as we're dismissed now. Go with us in these next days. Lord, just walk with each one of us, the teenager, the mother, the child, the father, in, a, in the workplace, in the school, in the job, wherever they are. Lord, I pray you'll be with them. I pray, Lord, you'll bring us back again. Lord, in fellowship, we just ask these blessings. Bless our brother Moses. Thank you for the labor. Thank you for the heart in ministering these things tonight. We commit ourselves to you and we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we just sing, I love him, I love him. Ah.